Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast that would 100% squabble over a last minute penalty when his team was 4-0 down. My name is Chris, I'm your host for this evening and uh, then there were two once again, uh, Jez and Rich are tied up this week, so it's just me and Phil at the controls. Uh, Phil, how are you doing? I am well, I am well. It's cold now, mm. it's not, yeah. not fun. It's um it's getting that way in the UK as well. Uh listeners, if you don't know, of course, Phil is, is in is in France and I am in the UK. So yeah, it is definitely starting to drop. I did get out for a, a five-mile run this afternoon and it was beautiful <coughs> sunshine. And it honestly felt like sort of an, an early summer's afternoon. It was beautiful, but then at night it does get very, very cold. So yeah, I've I've worked out how the heating works in my new flat, which is not before time. Ah, bonus. I put mine on for the first time this week, but it was only just to kind of bleed the pipes. It wasn't really to leave it on. So I'm not I can't be held responsible for that one. Anyway, um, aside from heating, uh, let's uh, let's crack on. And we've got lots to cover this week. So let's get into it. We are, as usual, going to look at a couple of games individually. But before we do that, some results. Uh, first of all, the Friday game, which was between Lance and Trois and uh, Lance. Opened up the proverbial can on Trois in this game, winning four goals to nil. Uh, Callum Wendo, Said, Klaus and Frankowski, arguably the four most informed players in that long side at the moment with the goals. Trois uh, very much swept aside in this particular game. And uh, let's just continue to surprise many people and how much longer this will go on for. They're up to to second. Excuse me, indeed they are. Yeah, and a couple of other big teams failed Hmm. to do their thing yes yeah yeah a number of big teams falling falling above them so uh, all they can do is keep winning their games and that's exactly what they did uh speaking of one of those big teams who are not above them and certainly haven't been for a while but last year's champions Lille once again fumbled and stumbled and coughed and spluttered their way to yet another disappointing home draw this time against Angers Uh, Thiago Giao had put them in front before Anahi had equalized for Angers with just seven minutes to go and Onana saw red in the last minute just to just to compound the uh, the dismal day for Jocelyn Gervinek. You do wonder, uh, with another international break on the horizon, will he survive it? I, I wonder. Oh, I do wonder. I think we saw them, obviously, midweek with a great win, 2-1 away at Sevilla. Mm. Um, in a fairly chaotic match that I think there was seven minutes added at the end, nine bookings, including at least one manager, um, lots of uh, lots of VAR, lots of stuff, lots of chaos, but they looked much better in that game than I think they've done in the league uh, for a while. So... Having gone into that on 1.1 goal, um, they are now second in uh, Group G and Sevilla not looking good. But it's going to be very interesting because I think um, Euro Club Index, which is powered by Grace Note, has Lille and Wolfsburg as both having a 46% chance of going through to the next round, which is kind of um, 
unfortunate that the next game is Lille versus uh, Salzburg because um, it would have been beautiful if it had been set up for them to, to play off in the next round. So, you know, I think they've, they're not going to be challenging for the title, but if they can get out of the group, um, you know, they have looked a little better. Uh, Team Jonathan were doing very well in this game against Sevilla. Jonathan Davi, Dicone, and, and the other one. Um, so I think there's enough there at the moment that I think he'll make it to Christmas. But if they don't make it out of the group or if they drop down to the Europa League, then that's going to, in a sense, pile uh, pressure on alongside the uh, league situation because they're 12th at the minute and not looking mm. particularly impressive. Haven't won in uh, in four, so it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out, but I'm not sure they're going to pull the trigger on him now while they're still doing a decent job in Europe. Mm. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I just, it, it's... It's not the results, obviously, are poor, but the performances as well are just so. I mean, don't get it wrong, they did very well in Sevilla, but having seen that game as well, I, I wonder how much of that was down to Sevilla really not being great on the night and, and they all taking their chances. But, you know, I guess we will see. Uh, certainly, a home draw against Angers is, is not ideal given their, their current league run, but um, it is what it is. We will come back to Bordeaux PSG as one of our featured games in a moment. So we'll leave that one to the side for a second. Uh, Sunday, Saw Marseille and Mets play out uh, a thoroughly dismal nil-nil draw. I watched this one and I really wish I hadn't because it really wasn't very good. But uh, Mets will be delighted to take a point from the Velodrome, especially with 10 men after Jemison was sent off in the 56th minute. I, I, don't, I don't know because they were on top. Mm. And then Jemison got sent off and then they were still on top. Um, yeah, I suppose there is the argument they could have got finishing more. was so woeful. They really, really should have uh, won that game because mm. OM were no great shakes at all. Um, OM did have a, uh, a goal disallowed, which was a free kick was put in and apparently there was a foul on the keeper, but there wasn't really. It's very odd, that decision. Very odd. But because he whisked, the ref had whistled before the uh, chaos that ensued, obviously everybody claimed to stop playing. That had nine minutes added. Um, but yeah, I think Mess, who are now bottom of the table, are probably, we'll come to that in a minute, uh, will probably be ruining uh, some missed chances because they had a few and they missed. All of them. Um, so yeah, that wasn't uh, a great look uh, for them. Obviously, OM midweek uh, were at home to Lazio, and in their group uh, in the Europa League, everybody drew, so everybody just moved up one point, and nothing really changed. So I think they'll be a bit uh, annoyed about that, but they are not on a good run of form either um, and were quite lucky with a reasonably late equaliser from Pyatt um, to uh, to get the point from Lazio who mm. remain above them in the, in the table so 
brilliant finish that to be fair as well that that game was that game had a lot it, it really was a good good game and they were has to be said they were pretty unfortunate i thought to not win that game i mean that's here were were pretty poor for long spells and and once again Marseille just didn't take their chances find themselves behind after Immobile had, had got that second goal I think that's his record-breaking goal for, for Lazio as well and they were just uh, just could not they, get the they goal. They really lost concentration because um it was injury time first half yeah and then uh Saliba screwed up to let Immobile in just after the restart. So, see, I, I, watching that back again, I don't know how much. Granted, yes, it is, it is a, it is a mistake, but the throw-in is so bad. For, I yeah. think it's Rongier that puts Saliba under all sorts of pressure. And yeah, don't get me wrong, it's the last touch is going to be. Yeah, the you, you are supposed at. to be able to trap a ball. Um, yeah. At level but only but, if you throw it at the player who's actually looking to trap it he throws it about 10 yards to the side of him it's just the most bizarre yeah i just thought that was um yeah really really bad all the, oh, the whole thing all around i thought the goalkeeper was pretty poor on that goal as well it's just a as you said they switched off and and you know that but for that player goal which it, it's an impossible angle he puts it in that it really is to, oh, to that finish was, that, that um, uh, he was basically on the goal line yeah it was almost like and, a trick shot yeah, it was yeah one of those John Virgo snooker round things. round the yeah. Uh, yeah round the table Plus job yeah his haircut isn't getting any less funny so no that does need to go uh, that's not a not a great <laughs> I look. think it's hilarious anyway it just makes yeah. him look like one of those aliens off of Toy Story anyway um, we digress uh, let's move on then um, Lorient rest yeah stuff happened and that was that so let's move on. Uh, unfortunately, Brest won that game by two goals to one. Um, thoroughly undeserved. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, they were on the back foot early on when Gervic remembered how to score goals for Lauren, which was lovely. But uh, Roman Fev equalised with a, a penalty, which I thought was a bit iffy, personally, but that's just me. Maybe I'm a bit biased. Steve Mooney got the second and ultimately winning goal. Uh, it should be noted, though, that uh, El goal was sent off in the 28th minute. Again, I thought a little bit harshly, personally, and uh, that cost Lorient the game. So I'm a little bit of a worrying run for, uh, for Le Melo at the moment. Three defeats and two draws in the last five. So that needs to change. But a uh, good win for Brest, who continue their upwardly mobile status with two straight victories. Uh, Nod to Strasbourg, who just thought this might have been one of the games of the weekend, but it certainly was a 2-2 draw. Uh, Koulibaly with the opener for Nantes, uh, Dial with the equaliser for Strasbourg, Colomwani put Nantes back in front before Thomason, Adrian Thomason equalised again. Uh, Ludovic York, your friend of mine, uh, was nobody's friend on this particular day as he saw red on the 51st minute. But it didn't cost Strasbourg the point, luckily, and 2-2 is how it finished. Uh, more disappointment for Nico Kovac and Monaco after um, you can fill us in on the European game if you like. So, but a nil nil draw away at Brass uh, kind of sums up a pretty, just a pretty poor time at the moment. Monaco just, I mean, there's not much to say about the European game either. I mean, it's yeah, nil nil as well, wasn't it? Will they score before Christmas? I mean, mm. just, not. just. And and that that game, the European game, that was the return game of PSV, wasn't it? Of course, they won in PSV. You would have thought, oh yeah, win at home, and there's every chance they'll qualify, and and they didn't do that. So once again, they're sort of looking over their shoulders a bit and uh, making they, things. They they well. still top the group, but they look so unconvincing at the moment. In mm. waiting okay. to see the you know uh, the next two games. 
if they can't pull themselves together, uh, they could be they could be out. So yeah, yeah it's a it's a an odd one of them. But yes, this was apart from Reims uh, obviously being promoted to the European places by BT Sport again, uh, logo wise, if nothing else, uh, <laughs> because they keep. They keep yeah. using the RAS logo instead of the REN logo, and uh, Rich is um, staging a one-man battle to explain to BT Sport. As he should. Not As cool. Should. I mean, seriously, it, it's embarrassing. It is. When you pay for the coverage and you commentators don't know what players oh, are. Gate. Or, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, you're right. But um, nevertheless, I think Rams will be pretty happy with this particular point, even though it's a home game. I think point at home to yeah. one of the, the bigger clubs, they'll they'll take that and indeed party. Um, we'll come back to you, St Etienne Clermont, as one of our other games as well. Uh, good win for Montpellier, this one, though, for your, for your boys. They beat Nice by a goal to nil. Um, um, I, from I, I, I saw uh, one of the Montpellier fan accounts described it as a perfect hold-up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I it, think it was a bit, yeah. Although was, I thought... I watched the first half. Yeah, I, I thought I, I thought they came into it. It was one of those games where it, it, it always looked like one goal was going to be the ultimate sort of you know that one goal is going to win it essentially, and uh, so it proved. But um, Florent Mollet with with that winning goal and uh, really good points um, for Montpellier in that particular game. So fair play to them, and uh, yeah. Decent, decent little run of form all of a sudden. So any sort of concerns looking over the shoulder seem to have gone for now. And finally, and this is where we're going to start our roundup, uh, Ren 4, Lyon 1 on Sunday night. I am going to start this because I know this is a game that you haven't seen in full yet. So um, I'm just going <laughs> to... I was watching uh, Objective Top Chef on replay. So, well... I mean, I mean, really, I think that was a bad choice. Well, Tell I mean, me what happened? It, well, it depends if you're a Leon fan or, or not. If you're <laughs> a Leon fan, it was an excellent choice. If you're a Ren fan, it's a bad choice. Um, the first thing I will say, and, and you know, I, I'd like to, I wish Rich was here because I would love to have heard him uh, purr about uh, Lovro Meyer's performance, the Croatian international midfielder who was absolutely sublime in this game. He ran. The entire midfield, um, Troro, the captain at fullback, was also excellent. I mean, in fact, every red player was really good from start to finish. They they bullied Leon, they took them apart from the press. I mean, bar Anthony Lopez, it could have been eight, nine, genuinely. It was that dominant. Um, so I do want to give Ren some credit and their form at the moment, they really are on, on a bit of a run at the moment. I think that's four wins out of the last five. They're up to fifth. Um, they're only two points off second. They have found the right gears under Bruno Genesio, who, let's not forget, was unceremoniously dumped by Leon. So a little bit of spite in that one. Huh? Um, so, yes, full credit to Ren on, on another day. Hopefully when Rich is back, we can we can give them the praise that they do, do deserve and a bit more depth. But uh, I want to talk about Leon because um, I, I sent a tweet with my thoughts on this and I stand by them. And that tweet was simply like, do you ever watch a game of football and you do you ever watch a team where they just genuinely anger you at how pathetic and how limp and how utterly gutless the performance was? And I thought Leon were absolutely embarrassing in this game. I thought they were shameful, really. And I've I've wound up our, our friend Lana about this. I know she's a Leon follower, but pretty much every Leon account that I've followed have all said the same. Um, Jazz was quite right. 
pre preseason when he said about you know, Peter Bosch, he had his reservations about him. I do like the way Peter Bosch plays football. He does try attacking. The problem is when it doesn't work, Leon cannot defend. Mm. Um, and there was moments in this game you saw Dubois and Boateng had a, a basically a row on the pitch in the 90th minute after having been pumped the entire game and 4-0 down. You have Usamoa, uh, Paqueta, and I can't remember who the third player was. There was a third player involved as well. I think it might have been Salamani, um, arguing over who was going to take the penalty in the 90th minute when you've been 4-0 down and absolutely roasted. Who cares? I mean, if that was me, I'd just smash it into the crowd and say, can we just go home? I mean, the idea that these professional footballers are arguing over that, it just boils my blood. But they were just so, so poor. And, and I'm, if I'm a Leon fan and I've paid to watch that game, or, I, or even I'm sat at home, I'm, I'm just so angry at this stage. And they look like a side of individuals who are who, who seem to think, well, we're Leon, so we'll be fine. And yeah, they are doing very well in Europe, 100%. And they had another good win in the week. But that isn't enough for me. And when you lose 4-1 um, Laborde and, and two goals for Adrian Truffaut, by the way, who came on as a substitute and scored twice in 15 minutes. So fair play to him. But... Honestly, it was just the other than Anthony Lopez, genuinely. Pacata tried a little bit, I'll say that much, but they were utterly shameful. And I just I, the question I'd ask you is is Europe very, do they have a very small squad? Because as you say, they won three nil against Sparta Prague midweek. Mm. Now that was an interesting game because in the first half, nothing happened. Slomani was struggling. He missed a couple of scissors. Um, I don't think um, Prague were greatly helped by one of their starting centre-backs having to go off inside 10 minutes from it with an injury. No. But it was the last half hour where I don't know whether uh, Bosch has was kind of put a rocket up them or something, but everything changed in the second half. So Slimani... Uh, got the opener with a good assist from Shirky. He got another one two minutes later, which had a beautiful cross from uh, Maxon Skakare. Um, and then uh, Kalto Rambi, uh, who else, with the 91st minute cherry on the cake. That's his sixth goal in four Europa League games. He's the top scorer, I think, unless anybody else overtook him on the later games. So it's it's very confusing. They look to be two different teams. Mm. And whether that's because there's been a decision made to prioritise Europe... It's clearly working if that's been the decision. But like you say, again, they shouldn't be just doing one competition. No. Surely. <clears throat> so it's really very strange. I mean, they've won four out of four in the Europa League. They're guaranteed the top spot. And in the league, they are, again, unconvincing. I mean, like, is, is, this, is this where we are now that you have to make these choices? I didn't think they had that small a squad that 
it isn't going to make that big a difference. If anything, they've got a big squad, I think. If, if you look at the size of, of the overall, and it's not just the size of the squad, it's the experience. Lopez, 31. Mm. Boateng, 33. Uh, Denier, 26. Emerson, 27. Dubois, 27. Um, Damien De Silva, although he's not playing, 33. Awar and Paqueta, both 23 and 24. You know, that's not young. Thiago Mendes, 29. Uh, Jelen Shakiri, who, by the way, has done absolutely nothing since he signed, 30 years old. Um, it's only really this. I mean, even the strike force. Toko Kambi is 29. Kadawire is 25. Dembele is 25. Slimani is, is 33. That This is not like the Leon where you'd say, okay, you know, we've got the. I mean, the kids. Yeah, I mean, Kakare is the obvious one that, that stands out there. And, you know, well, you could probably say just about at 23. There is Barcola, I think, is he showed in midweek that there's a talent there. I think he will come through in time, but he's he's a, a still a young player at 19. And, and Rayan Shirky, who's, who's 18 years of age, of course, is the, the big white hope. But that's three players out of a squad of, you know, a, a large amount. Maybe you could throw Malagusta in as well, in fairness. But there's experience in that team. And, and it just felt like from the minute Ren started the game and I think uh, I forget who the journalist is I must have to, I'll just have to look it up one of the journalists I follow who follows French football quite closely I think it was Robin Berner I think it was actually who said that it's one of the best individual performances he's seen from any team in Europe this season and it was that good from them they were really good but when you when you start or when you're playing away from home and you're Leon surely you expect that that Ren are going to come out and press you and, and Leon just mm-hmm. It was almost like they just sort of went, well, well, we can't handle this. So, you know, we're just going to give up. And there was a very brief, you know, after half time, they, there was that little bit of, oh, well, we'll put ourselves about a bit. And they had a couple of, I wouldn't call them chances, but slight opportunities. But the, the heart, the hunger, there was players giving up on tackles. The third goal, um, seeing, seeing as uh, you haven't seen it yet, I'll describe it to you, that the third goal was from a throw-in. In fact, was it the second goal? Sorry, I apologise. I think it was the second goal. It's from a throw-in where Leo Dubois made his mind up the ball had gone. So he puts his hand out, catches the ball. And the referee quite rightly says, no, the whole of the ball hasn't gone. That's a handball. It leads to a free kick, which Leon don't defend at all. Acres of space and Traore volleys home. And you just think to yourself, like, that's basics. That's, I mean, and I know you see players do it all the time. But really, like, you know... Let the ball go. If you're so convinced it's yours, just let it bounce. What? Why? What's the need to take a throw in deep inside your own half at that much speed? Just honestly, on fifty it's... minutes. Exactly. I mean, it's not like it was the last, last minute. Exactly. Injury time or anything. So just, yeah. Just thought it was shameful that that whole performance. And and again, I, I like Leon. This is not a. This is not a. You know, me being mean against club. I don't like. It, I, I genuinely do like. Lightly on, and I love the fact the history of the club and everything about them. But I just think that if we're going to give Leo stick, then we have to start giving Leon stick because unless they win that European competition, where they could maybe then turn around and say, "Well, we you know we prioritise this," but I think to prioritise one competition in November, I think that's mm-hmm. a little bit rich for me. A bit rich for me. Anyway, we'll um, we'll move on to uh, we'll go from one end of the table to the other because. I think it would be remiss of us not to mention St Etienne 3. Oh, Claremont they've two. won a game. They've won a game. Yes, and they came from 2-0 down. A game. <laughs> they were 2-down they were inside 60 minutes. Uh, Bayo and uh, Bethlehem with the, with the two for Claremont. 
And then it all happened. Nordan in the 78th minute, Crasso in the 91st, and Sally Sal in, I think it's the 93rd minute. 95th. 95th, was it? Was it a bit later? I mean, it was, I, this was, they, we've said before about them that they've shown character in coming back to get draws before. And this time you could really feel it. They were putting a shift in because they knew they had to win. They had to get something. And Kasri's not on the score sheet, but he was instrumental in all of this. Mm. Um, but yes, it must just be such a relief. They've had, what is it, six draws where they have often had to battle for that late on and to have... Uh, the Sal goal so late it was the scenes of joy uh, unbridled I mean they're only up to 19th but um, we've said before with the quality of the players they've got how were they down there and it looks like this was them thinking that too why are we here this is ridiculous and really going for it. So they're unbeaten in three. Is this a sign of an uptick? I mean, given what's happened so far, you wouldn't bet your house on it, but um, does look hopefully like they're coming together. I mean, Clermont didn't help themselves by um, just not really trying very hard after they went 2-0 up. Um, it was 18 shots to nine uh, in the end. So that game were yeah, peppering the goal, but not always hitting it. Um, but Clermont, I think, are on a, a downward trend. Uh, next to next to Rouse. so it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull themselves together as well. But I, the, the main thing is, yes, everybody has now won a game. Santetian have won a game, fabulous. Um, that they they really needed that. So we're going to be interesting to see if they can uh, keep that going. Who have they got next week? She says checking thing. Post-international uh, break. Trois yes. is, the next, another, yeah. is the next game. So hopefully uh, they will be able to dig something out of that as well and mm. uh, get a bit further back up the table because they're still three points off uh, Bordeaux in 18th. So they really need to start motoring into Christmas, as it yeah. were. Yeah, it's, I think, again, I was reading a, a journalist tweet and he's basically saying, um, I think it might have been Tom Williams this time, but he was saying that um, Puel was basically in the departure lounge in the 90th minute and by the 95th minute he was sort of back in back in the, with his feet under the desk again. It was really, it really was that, that close because I do think if they'd have lost this game, I, I don't think there's any way he could have stayed. And I still think that's only a matter of time, to be honest. I still think he is going to be 
probably shown the exit door when I feel like they're waiting for the right replacement. Um, I don't know who that's going to be, but it just it just feels like they need something a bit or a little bit of a new direction. But you never know. I mean, sometimes these these you know Spiritus Santo. I mean, yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened. I suppose there is a there is a possibility he is out of work now. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe Steve Bruce. Maybe not. Okay. But uh, yeah, it it's definitely feels like a club that needs something different. But nevertheless, you know, a win like that is one of those things that sometimes, sometimes might just uh, trigger the uh, the response that is required. Um, so words on to Sinetian, as you say, they finally get their first win of the season. Um, and that brings us then on to PSG. We haven't talked about them for a couple of weeks, so I suppose it's time to wheel out the PSG wagon. Um, they won 3-2 against Bordeaux. The uh, I guess the main kind of things to take away from this game, or well, most people will, will take this away from looking at the game on paper, is that uh, Neymar got two goals and Kylian Mbappe the third. The second of the two goals that Neymar got was was delightful. Lovely link that play between he and and uh, Mbappe, a nice little flick back and, and finish both into the near post uh, of Costille, which you probably would have looked at again and thought could have done better, but they're both good finishes from the Brazilian. And uh, PSG were, were seemingly cruising at 3-0 and, and were pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they just decided that was that. Um, pretty much stopped playing. And uh, Elias got one back for Bordeaux in the 78th, excuse me, 78th minute before by Niang, remember him, got another one back in the last minute for Bordeaux. And it was, uh, there wasn't really enough time for PSG to panic, in fairness. Um, yeah, I don't think they were ever sort of massively under the cost. It was only like a minute and a half or so to play. But it just, for me, re-highlights something that we'll mention about the European game as well, in that they just, once again, and we are broken record here, but once again, they just look like a side that has got all the names, all the glitz, all the glamour, but they're, they're just ultimately not entertaining. And I, I thought it was very... And not convincing. I thought it's very interesting that the the ultras have now seemingly started to not so much turn on Pochettino, but the, the, there is a there's a question being asked now. You know, what what are we? What is our identity? What is our? We know what our brand is, but what's our footballing identity? Yeah. And I, and it it felt like that in midweek again when uh, Jez's friend, Jez's best friend, Presnel Kimpembe, uh, contrived to basically give a piggyback to a Leipzig player in the last minute to concede a penalty. And, well, and PSG I mean, lost or drew that game as well. I mean, it's... The, it's becoming a bit of a theme, isn't it? Late on fuck-ups. Um, mm. And Nkunku, obviously now playing at Leipzig, that's yeah. narrative, isn't it? So really he opened well. scoring for Leipzig against PSG in the Champions League. And it was him, I think, that Kimpanbe was climbing all over then there was a mild fight and a penalty to equalize in the 92nd minute uh from a player whose name i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce uh, but the the weird thing there was the two goals that psg put in to go ahead after that uncle opener both from gigi one held them yeah. I think that was his first and second goal for the club. I've forgotten that, yeah. You've got that level of attack. Possibly Vinaldum is not the person you are looking to for the goals. And so it just seemed very strange. And then the um, 
the very late penalty equaliser for Leipzig um, really did seem to kick off some bad feeling. So I think if you look at this game, the Bordeaux game at the weekend, kind of doing the same thing. They lose concentration. It drops off. It's like, oh, yeah, we're cool. We're fine. Whatever. Now, Bordeaux didn't have quite enough time to really make things awkward, but this is becoming a bit of a theme. Now, they're 10 points clear at the top of the table, PSG. Obviously, it's not that big a deal, but what you do in the league is in this case, mirrored in Europe, and Europe is where they want to be and where their priority is. So that is not reassuring, perhaps. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the the whole Nkunku narrative I found very, very interesting. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm that is just not, uh, not the I, sharpest tool, tool I, in Ironically, I feel like I, f- I kind of feel like uh, Nkunku is exactly the sort of player PSG could do with now running, you know, running mm-hmm. those lines and breaking into the box and offering a threat from midfield. I mean, I don't know where he would get in with the amount of uh, you know high-rated players that are that are in PSG's attacking line now. But yeah, I just um, I just feel like uh, I, it's something something stinks there, and I don't know I don't know what it is. I, you uh, know. I- I think, you know, you, you mentioned the ultras turning on Pochettino. I'm not sure there's much he can do. I See, I, I disagree there. Work. I think I disagree uh-huh. there. I'm, I'm telling he, you could, I, he could stand up to the higher powers and lose his job. No, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the issue. to the higher powers and lose his job. I mean, I don't see this as being a long-term situation, frankly. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the issue. But my, my concern is, or the way I look at it, is, is it's, okay, we all know at a club like PSG, there's so much that goes on that is not in the manager's control. We all know that. We know that there is meddling. We know that there are player signs that maybe the particular manager might not have gone for himself, etc., and so on. But I think the one thing I do think that that he has control over is how the team performs, and just everything about him strikes me as a manager who is maybe I hate to say it is a bit Spursy, uh, and what I mean by that is he he fit the Spurs job very well because he took an underperforming side, tries not to chuckle, and and made them competitive. And, and while he had that Spurs side under his control, he, he took them to you know their first Champions League final, which they lost, let's not forget that. And, and he sort of took them up the table. And I just felt like he's a good manager for a club that maybe is not quite at the highest level. Southampton, mm-hmm. again, you know, where he carved his, his niche, if you will. And I just feel like a club like PSG... It's all about status. It's all about style. It's all about, you know, the, the glitz and the glamour. And I, I just don't feel like he's got that style in him. And, and I do feel that it's his responsibility as the manager to be, you know, sort of crafting that style of play. And when you've got arguably four of the best attacking players in world football right now, and I include Di Maria in that one, I, I just feel like your his tactics and the way he sets up his side... And, and some of the players that consistently get in, regardless of form, uh, and, and unfortunately, yes, I am looking at you, Presnell. And I again, I really like him as a, I think he's got everything a modern day defender should have. But he's been terrible this season. I mean, he just has. 
every single goal PSG concedes seems to have something to do with Kimpembe. God knows where they'd be without Marquinhos. The, the goalkeeping situation is, okay, you know, we know Donnarumma is going to be the number one in the, in the end. We know that's what's going to happen. But, you know, it, it does seem a little bit odd how that's managing. They're giving new contracts to people like Draxler. It, it's just all a bit of a mess, isn't it? And, that, and I just I just sort of feel like if, if your manager isn't particularly setting the team up to win games properly, you know, or, or he is, dare I say it, going down the Unai Emery route, which is sort of like, well... I can't really manage this dressing room, so I'll just rely on the good players to win me games. If you let the, the inmates run the asylum, this is what happens. Teams switch off, they concede late goals. And you made the point earlier on about um, Lille playing better sides or you know coming up against better sides and they'll get punished. If PSG play anyone like Bayern Munich in the next round of the Champions League, they're run, they're run really under the, up the creek. They beat Man City, but they weren't the best side on the night, were they? Let's be honest. So... You know, like you said, in Liga, fine. They're expected to win the league. Um, they should win the league. And okay, Ren are on form They'll at the win moment. The league, yeah, yeah. Ren are on form at the moment. Marseille are on form at the start of the season. You know, Monaco have fallen off a cliff. Lille have fallen off a cliff. We all think Lons are fantastic, but we don't expect them to run the course. There just isn't a consistent enough challenger in the league. But in the Champions League, you know, if they play anyone with any sort of nous. Everyone around you is a credible candidate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, and as I say, it, it just it just bugs me because as much as I'm you know, not a PSG sympathiser, I, I want them to, I, you know, I want to see these players thrive. I want to see Neymar and Mbappe and, and Messi, you know, running rings around. I, I want to see all the things that everyone was worried about we would see when they brought in Messi. Oh, they're just going to walk the league and they're going to win 9-0 every week. I don't want to see them win 9-0 every week, of course, but I do want to see them open up a little bit and and actually play that entertaining football, not this stodgy kind of mess that they're, they're serving up. And, and it's an arrogant mess as well. And that's what really winds me up. But, uh, hey, ran, rant over, I guess. But um, they did get the win, nevertheless. And uh, as you rightly said, they are going to win the league. So uh, I don't think there's too much debate about that. But hey-ho, um, let's have a look at the table. Um, okay, hang on a second. Hmm. Well, as we say, that's uh, ramped over anyway on PSG. So, um, yes, they are top of the league. They are probably going to win the league. Uh, but before we look at the league table, and we don't usually do uh, what I would class as shout outs on this particular podcast because, um, you know, we're not 14. But hey ho, uh, this week we are just going to give what I would like to class as a mention because it sounds a lot more adult, doesn't it? Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Sarah, did get in touch and thank you for listening Sarah much appreciated and thank you for your kind tweets uh, Sarah Pogrick excuse me to, to give her her full name and uh, Phil she mentioned the outcome of our little debate from last yes week. because we were terribly confused about whether the because obviously Champions League third place goes into the Europa League and we weren't sure if the Europa League third place went into the Europa conference thingy what's it and she was like, I think they do, but it's complicated. So I looked it up. And if you are second in your group in the Europa Conference thingy, what's it? You will play a third place Europa League team in a knockout round, which takes place between the end of the group stage and the round of 16 
proper soul? The answer is kind of, sort of. Okay, so so we, we have established that there is some form of link. Can we say that yeah. much? There is a link between there is a link, but the two tournaments. You aren't guaranteed a spot in right. Europa Conference thingy, what's it? Because you have to play a second place team in a knockout situation to work out if you get into the round of 16 or not. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can I can get on board with that. At least at least we know roughly what the circumstances or situations are surrounding. This that. At least is so confusing. It is. It is. Where but, they um, anyway, so yeah, we um, uh, more on that as we have it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, uh, that there you are, Sarah. That that is your mission moving forwards. That you will now be our official. Uh, kind you of work her out. explaining to us how this all works. Yeah, yeah, it's all very, uh, all very bizarre, isn't it? But um, no, uh, it, it is, it is fascinating to to work out with these various different tournaments. I suppose it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? In, in theory, if you are gonna, you know, if you are gonna have a, a mm. tournament like this, it does make sense to have an option of teams being able to get into the, the big leagues, if you will. But yeah, it does all seem a little bit bizarre and contrived anyway. But uh, there you go. So uh, thank you, Sarah, for, for grabbing our attention with that particular tweet and letting us know what you have uncovered. Much appreciated. Right. Um, before we uh, wrap things up this week and maybe have a little look ahead to what's to come in the international side of things, which will be next week, uh, let's have a quick look at our table. We've got PSG our top of the league, as we mentioned earlier on, 10 points clear of second place, RC Lens. Amazing. They are up to second. They're a point clear of Nice, who, despite their defeat this weekend, uh, remain in third, level on points with Marseille, all with 13 games played, I should stress. Ren now on their barreling form. Up the table they go to fifth. And Montpellier of all teams. Mm. Look at that, Phil. Up into sixth now with their good run as well. It's uh, still very uh, kind of uh, chaos theory that one good result because everyone's so close from sixth to eleventh. Yeah, it is a bit. One like that, good it? result can hop you over a lot of people, depending on what your goal difference is. So yeah, but three fine. and three given wins the Montpellier's goal difference is not fabulous. Uh, that could soon change again. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll see, yeah. Three three wins from five uh, and only one defeat in those five certainly gets you up the table, so well done to them. Uh, falling down the table, though, are the next five teams. Lyon down to seventh, Strasbourg down to eighth, despite their draw. Uh, Angers also, despite their draw, and Nantes, despite their draw. In fact, and Monaco, despite their draw. So all teams drawing this weekend uh, down to 11th place. Uh, another team that drew this like weekend. Like I said, Lyon. that's why you hop up five places with a win with one win which yeah. is what Montpellier did you can uh, support yourself up. of all of everybody else uh, just getting a point yes indeed yes indeed uh, Lille however though um, they do not catapult anywhere they stay in 12th uh, Lorient are now 13th and uh, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about that run of form no wins in five mm. now uh, Trois uh, similarly despite their a couple of wins recently they have fallen back down again to 13th Clermont also slipping uh, steadily down I, the table. I, I worry about them. Yeah, three straight defeats now. Um, the uh, the old promotion bounce maybe is the, dropping off. It's it's the a bit like mess. It's the ability to actually score goals. Yeah, without bio, there's not much. They've done okay up until this point, but 
Yeah, it wasn't a good look at the weekend. No, it'd be interesting to see where they are at the turn of the break at Christmas because you feel that they need to probably get a couple more wins before that uh, that winter break comes up. Uh, Rams uh, have got, uh, despite their their point in the weekend, uh, three defeats in the last five, leaves them in 16th and breast. Two straight wins for them. Does get them up the table a little, uh, but uh, they are still still hovering in that danger zone, 17th place. And now of all teams, Bordeaux, their defeat at home to PSG now sit in the relegation playoff situation in 18th with St Etienne off the bottom with their win in 19th and uh, unfortunately for Jez Mets have now replaced them at the bottom of the table with a minus 14 goal difference yeah one win seven defeats all season so not looking great for Jez's charges but uh, we shall see what is served up in the next round of fixtures as we mentioned we do have international break now i think i'm right in saying this is the last international break now until i think it's the mid part of next year isn't it i'm sure that's mm. i'm sure that's right so um, um i i rely on you and jez for this kind of information i wasn't even aware there was an international break so that's how much this is, I've been paying. Uh, this is the one women's champions league is midweek um, okay but that's basically all I've been looking at. Looking into, yeah. There you go. Well, yeah, this this is one of those uh, international breaks that kind of creeps up on you, kind of out of nowhere, um, where you, you think, oh, yeah, we've got like a good run of games now until until Christmas. And then you go, no, 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 no. 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 <laughs> I have just checked. The next, the next round starts on the 19th of November. What, 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 what? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, the, the next round of uh, league fixtures, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can we can just quickly run through those, actually, uh, just while I've got them here. In fact, no, let's tell you what, before we do that, let's just tell you who France are playing, because that's kind of important for those. And keen used to, to me. The side. There you go. Kazakhstan on the 13th, okay. 13th of November. And Finland away on the 16th of, sorry, I said that, yeah, I did say November, didn't I? Yes, November. They are the next two fixtures. They're both World Cup qualifying games. So um, both must win, you would suggest, in terms of qualification to be secured. So they are the two games for France. And then, as you rightly say, Ligue then returns on the 19th of November, where you see Monaco face Lille. So a decent game to come back to for a Friday evening game. Uh, followed up by PSG Nantes at four o'clock on the Saturday. Ron, 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 Ron. No, Ron isn't playing. Ren are playing, no. Ren are playing Montpellier. That's the Richville derby at eight o'clock on the Saturday. And then Brest against Lens on the, the midday game on the 21st, followed by the multiplex of Angers, Lorient, Metz, Bordeaux. Crikey, that's a big fixture, isn't it, all of a sudden? Strasbourg mm-hmm. against Raus, Toise and Etienne that we mentioned earlier. Clermont hosts Nice and Lyon, Marseille is the Sunday evening game. Uh, that's very much a pressure cooker situation, probably, mm-hmm. for Peter Bosch in that particular game. So there you go. Excellent. Right. And that is where we will leave this week's particular podcast. So uh, thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Uh, it is one of those one of those uh, periods of time where if people are busy, sometimes you get two of us, sometimes you get four of us, but we appreciate you sticking around nevertheless. As we always say on this pod, if there is anything you do want to bring up, um, obviously we mentioned Sarah in our roundup this week. If there is something you want to let us know about or something you'd like to bring up or something you'd just like to make a mention of, and um, we will do our best to pop that into the podcast next time we record. So please do drop us a tweet or a message if there is something that catches your eye. And there will be more. The Coupe de France continues. 
Yes. Um, uh, John Mainland is hiding in bushes with his camera sheltering from the rain. Uh, and we should have a piece up at some point this week about the last round, I think the sixth round we're at now. Yes, this is the round before the big ones come in, isn't it? Yeah, we've we've been bringing in national, national, etc. So uh, I think League de join this time. I think. Yeah, it's we'll definitely have all the details and photographs of uh, kind of municipal football football <laughs> pitches on the outskirts of town, um, and obviously. After Christmas, we will go bigger on this, as we always do. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on at the moment, um, which you can keep track of uh, on the website. Just uh, checking out all of the, the places he's gone, all near him so far. So we'll have to wait and see how far he's going to travel um, after we get into the the, the business end. Of yes. That. Yeah. And I hope he's got a good coat because, uh, as you said, the weather is definitely coming in. So, um, yeah. Good luck to you, John, on your travels. Uh, right. Excellent. We will wrap it up there then for this week. Uh, thank you very much for joining us as ever. Much appreciated. Uh, good luck to the national team in their World Cup qualifiers. Although those two fixtures you would think would be probably winnable, though Finland did create some problems last time they happened to rock mm -hmm. up in Paris. So we shall see how that goes. We'll uh, we'll cover those next week. Uh, the plan is also to have a little bit of a, a deep dive into the European games um, for our teams in Liga next week as well. Just have a look at sort of who's where and who's doing what, etc. So uh, we'll probably look to cover them next week as well, all being well. But uh, until then, it uh, just remains for me to thank uh, just my one guest this week. So thank you, Bill, for popping on. Much appreciated. My pleasure. And uh, as always, our thanks to, to Jez and Rich, who will return sh shortly. Shortly. I can't speak this week, honestly. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, enjoy your national and international football, whichever way you look at it. And we will speak to you very soon.